Well, hey there, random noun generators. Welcome to the Weirding Hour, the podcast where we chat shit about weird occurrences. <laughs> and we also do a little weird craft at the same time, which apparently is supposed to be good for our mental health, but I'm not so sure. Um, but that's a story for another podcast. Sometimes it's stressful. <laughs> it is stressful. Anyway. I mean, stressful if you care about the outcome. I do care about. I care so deeply about the outcome. Well, that that might be a you problem. Yeah, it does sound <laughs> like a me problem. Also, the fact that when I can't practice the craft ahead of time, that stresses me out. You like and to I like, practice. The craft. I like to practice the craft because I've. So you can win at the craft. Yes. Have you? Have we met? Yes, of course. So I can win. Yeah. Anyway, for those listeners wondering who this ultra competitive absolute hottie is, I'm Mimi. I'm Rhea. I'm Nina. <laughs> Nina's disappointed. Always. Uh, Nina's unconvinced. How dare you. Um, so yeah, this week we are chatting shit about solved mysteries. Woo! Well, they're not that they're not that woo because they're solved. Um, they could the they're, they're woo before they're solved for like five minutes and then they're solved or maybe 34 years who knows I don't know what you're gonna say maybe the title should actually be mysteries woo solved yeah brackets solved <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and the craft that we're doing today is tape 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 craft is that a that yeah working man. with tape we um, make up whatever craft. Oh, Rhea has literal parcel tape. That's wow. not going to be a problem auditorily at all. <laughs> auditorily. All right. Well, fine. Oh, no, just put it down. Okay. Um, I've got... <laughs> what? I'm scared. A list for the listeners. Rhea's just held up a plastic wallet, which appears to be lined brown parcel tape in what I can only describe as a serial killer's diary paper. That oh. is... <laughs> Rhea's getting creative, guys. Oh, I'm scared. I cannot wait to see what is going to result at the end of this. Are you guys excited about the craft this week? I have to say that I am not. I don't like working in straight lines. <laughs> is that because you can see your mistakes easier? <laughs> Mum, come pick me up. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. As in what picture you're going to try to yeah. create. Okay. Well, you've got my story to think about it, at least. Okay. Let's crack. Let's go. Crack. <laughs> let's, let's crack. So, as I said this week, our theme or topic is solved mysteries. But also like i've already said where is the the frisson of this topic if they are already solved what's frisson like the the thrill the excitement it's an english podcast like uh, as in we what's the point <laughs> yeah exactly but the excitement is before they're solved they're mysteries i was gonna do a story that bothwell did a few episodes ago because it was unsolved mysteries but she basically just told a solved mystery <laughs> So I was just going to do that one again. Do you want me to just cut and paste just cut. audio? <laughs> yeah, if you could just do that, that would save me a lot of time and I can just enjoy this coffee instead. Um, I think I managed to find quite an interesting one. Um, and mine is finally not about murder. Whoop, whoop. So that's personal growth. Is that your first? Is this your first one not about murder? No, the, the monkey, he didn't, he, he didn't murder anyone. Good. <laughs> no. Um. So this is a story from Western Pennsylvania in a place called Beaver County. Nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so on the outskirts of Pittsburgh, there is an old neglected rail railroad tunnel that has no streetlights either side for miles. Abandoned in 1962, the locals give it another nickname, the Green Man Tunnel. And the legend goes like so. The mystery begins. A group of teenagers are driving down a dark road one night when they decide they want to give themselves a scare. Hard relate. 
<laughs> Clap. <laughs> that, that sounds like us. Uh, the driver decides to take them to this tunnel where he drives in and turns off the car lights, plunging the passengers into complete darkness. It isn't long before they hear footsteps and a strange whining in the darkness. Hmm. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> the thought, thoughtful whining. March <laughs> The footsteps get closer and closer until the teens become too scared and they decide, let's just turn on the lights again. Me. Yeah, <laughs> that's fully Nina playing VR. Put me in the VR. Take me out of the VR. I like it. How do I get out? Yeah. <laughs> so they decide to turn on the lights again and standing near the car is a man with no face. Dun, 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 the mystery. Green? Is he what? Is he green? He supposedly also is, is green. Um, stories differ on this. So the teens obviously are terrified by the man with no face and they drive away in a panic with this man chasing after them. Mm. They can still hear his screams and taunts as they drive out of the tunnel and into the night before he finally scuttles back into the abandoned shack in which he lives. And this... Oh is the legend and mystery of Charlie No-Face, or in other areas, the Green Man, which is Charlie a way- Charlie No-Face is way, way scarier. scarier. Yeah. Well, it also makes more sense if he's not actually green. Yeah. If accounts, if accounts all say he's got no face and only some of them <laughs> say he's green. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, that to be fair, fair, I don't think Mimi made up the story, so. Yeah, yeah I'll, I won't be taking your notes. This isn't a workshop. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, it's a pretty standard urban legend. Heard stuff like this before. Loads of different states in America have their own kind of version of this boogeyman thing, like Bunny Man Bridge. Do you guys know about that one? Nope. No. The guy in a there's a he's rural a bunny man? bridge. Yeah, well, he, there's a rural bridge out in the sticks somewhere, and. Uh, if you cross it, you're supposed to come across either a giant bunny or a man in a bunny suit that wields an axe. Cute. Um, <laughs> so cute. I want to see a giant bunny. With an axe? Mm. It's um, so in right now. I make friends with it. You are the bunny man. That's what I think. <laughs> if Nina was thinking, I'm going to go on a murderous spree what sort of disguise should I wear? I think bunny suit would be quite high up on your list. Oh, it'd be so warm, though. Mm, very uncomfortable. And so, like you say, there's a lot of variation on this story. Some say he's a ghost, he's a boogeyman, he's a poor factory worker, factory worker who fell in a vat of acid. He was hit by lightning. He worked for a power company and was zapped while climbing a utility pole. I mean, it sounds like he's had a really rough life. <laughs> I don't think all of that <laughs> happened to him. <laughs> I think some of those are real things that have happened to real people, though. Mm. What, mm. lightning strike? Yes. <gasps> I know this story. You know, you just, have you just remembered this story? Yeah. Okay. So, what a, what a mystery this is. Uh... <laughs> Parents would kind of use Charlie No-Face as a bit of a boogeyman, you know, like eat your vegetables or Charlie No-Face is going to get you. Charlie No-Face doesn't give a fuck about vegetables. <laughs> I mean, your but what if he does? Like, what if he's really actually quite concerned that everyone eat their fucking Maybe vegetables? that's why he's called the Green Man. Yes. That'll be it. Okay. Eat your greens. Eat your greens <laughs> or I'll get you. Um. So teenagers from out of town would supposedly drive up Route 351 looking for a sighting of the Green Man or Charlie No-Face who was said to sometimes glow green or have green skin due to his accident at the power station that didn't happen. Um, nice. And these teenagers, they would find him because he was a real person. Yeah. And he was nothing but the total opposite of how he'd been portrayed in these horrible ghost stories. He had a face and he was actually blue. <laughs> he didn't actually have a face, but we'll come on to that. Blue is not the opposite of green. 
No, no red, red is the opposite of green. Um, and yeah, this is where the mystery of this urban legend is solved. Solved mysteries. So the green man's name was Raymond Robinson, but he went by Ray. Uh, like that little um, Cajun firefly from The Princess and the Frog. My name Raymond. Everybody call me Ray. <laughs> okay. That's a good film. That's such a good that's a killer reference, by the way. Um I love that I have to tell everyone that what I've just done is in fact a killer yeah, reference. Well done. Keep yeah. going. Anyway, Ray was born in 1910 in Beaver County. And at eight years old, he suffered a devastating accident. Uh, his face. Yeah, literally. The the it reason did. don't take the piss, Ray, you yeah. bastard. Oh, about God. to get it's about to get real sad. Oh no, he's but eight also, years old. But also, uh, just listen to the green man, Mister Mister Ray, because he is actually really cool. Um, so yeah, eight years old, he suffers this accident, and the reason that he gets involved in this accident is also really sad. Um, he was climbing a pole trying to get a look at a bird's nest to count how many baby birds there were in it. Oh. <laughs> um. He reached out to get some, like, catch his balance, and he accidentally grabbed a live electrical line. Oh. And this same electrical line had killed a boy less than a year earlier, but apparently the townspeople of Beaver County just don't Didn't give a fuck. fuck. They do not give one single fuck about little boys playing on the electrical lines. Poor Ray did survive, but he suffered um, severe disfigurement, especially to his face. As well as losing an arm, he lost both eyes, his nose, and one of his ears. Oh, yeah, yeah. The headlines about this accident read, Murado, which is where he's from, Murado lad, eight, shocked by live wire, comma, will die. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Love that. That's, that's a choice. It's a bold choice. Wow. Uh, yeah. So as well as the media, doctors feared that he would pass away quite shortly, um, definitely within a year. But Ray proved them wrong. Um, and the final sentence of another newspaper article read, yet in spite of his affliction, the boy is in good humour. Um, and this was a kind of trait that Ray kept throughout his entire life. He had this habit of, kind of proving people wrong and staying really sunny, even when stuff seemed quite difficult. Uh, and that's part of the reason that when I found his story, I wanted to do him because he has this whole kind of mystery around him. But actually, his his real life story is quite inspirational. So Ray was cared for by his relatives. And despite being obviously totally blind, didn't have any eyes, uh, he was really good at making doormats and wallets and belts. And he would sell them uh, and the kind of local townspeople and tourists would come and like flock to him to buy them for an income. Um I also read he did some work with disability groups. He loved listening to the radio and his nieces and nephews adored him. They just, uh, in one interview I read, they were like, yeah, he's just Uncle Ray. Like they don't even see his disfigurement, which was also really nice. Hmm. So Ray was aware that his appearance could be shocking, especially to children. And so he chose to go on long walks at night using his cane to guide him. And he would walk for like miles. Um, and I wish I could tell you that everyone that came across Ray at night was kind to him, um, but this was the 60s, so they were not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And another thing that I thought was interesting is that Ray was a actually very well known and beloved member of the community, and it tended to be the out of town tourists that would kind of seek him out as a freak show, taunt him, try to run him down with their cars. What? Um... Yeah. yeah. Um, and no. apparently, yeah, just don't, maybe don't. I can imagine, and having seen photos of him, I can imagine driving down a dark road at night, you know, you're not in somewhere familiar, and you see Ray walking down the street. He's quite a a kind of shocking thing to come across, not something you see every day. But my immediate reaction to that would not be like, right. mow down this poor yeah. dude. Like, yeah, no. Um, But apparently he had like a super high threshold for all of this bullshit um and if it was just people teasing him 
he was just like it was childish and he kind of let let it run off his back I'm pretty sure he probably had did have to react to being hit by a car um <laughs> <laughs> but the key oh. thing is uh locals would regularly gather and wait for him so they'd join him on his walks they'd guide him along they'd exchange beers and smokes with him which his family didn't like because uh they didn't drink alcohol but apparently ray fucking loved to get tanked um and he yeah, was man. he was a super nice guy that really loved to chat um and some people that went off to the vietnam war would uh, there are letters where they've written home asking after ray oh. like, how's ray doing and his so cute. Yeah, his like photos went all over the world. He was like really famous and yeah, really loved by the locals. And I also found um a post about him in our Reddit forum and there were loads of people in the comments saying that they or their parents lived near there and Ray was like the sweetest guy you could ever meet. He was loved to chat, you know, happy to he didn't apparently he'd kind of never really um felt that bad about being asked about his disability but most of the people in the town are like obviously they knew what would happen so it wasn't part of their chat really mm. um he was just a cool dude uh and ray lived in beaver county for the rest of his life um although he did stop his nighttime walks because of all of the getting hit by car stuff oh yeah that'll do it yeah but he passed away in a nursing home at the ripe old age of 74 oh. um yeah and so, yeah, Ray's story has been told so many times that the, the kind of nasty, scary, sensationalist ghost story has overshadowed his real story. Um, so that is the solved mystery of Mr. Ray Robinson. Nice. There you go. That was very wholesome. I know. I thought I'd change it up for a second. Because <laughs> you were you're going first, so you thought you'd do a cheerful. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do a cheerful so you guys can just demolish any joy that a listener has right now so be prepared who's next Rhea okay <laughs> all right um yeah mine's not going to be sad at all so um, yay oh my god are we gonna have a wholesome episode I mean I hope it's not going to be boring because it's not sad so um solved mysteries <laughs> Um, so I am going to talk about the Flying Dutchman. That's a boat, right? Yeah, that's a yes. boat. It's not a Dutchman who's flying, which would be incredible. Maybe I should have you looked have up done to that. see if I could have found an actual flying that Dutch would be man. Mysterious. I mean, would it be mysterious, or yeah. or would it just be a Dutchman who's a pilot? Oh. oh my my cousin's Solved. my cousin's <laughs> partner is a is a dutch man that is a pilot so there you go eric if you're listening it's you mystery <laughs> <laughs> has been solved there he is Woo. you're ria's topic <laughs> so eric was born in <laughs> yes, <laughs> um so yeah the flying dutchman is a legendary ghost ship I haven't actually ever heard of it. So what? Isn't it like I've heard of the Caribbean films? The name of it. Yeah. As if I've watched all of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Which is the first one is enough. It really is enough. That tells the story, and then and then the rest of them are just pointless. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So the Flying Dutchman is basically it's been said that it can never make port and it's doomed to sail the oceans and seas forever (gasps) for all eternity and the myth is said to have originated in the 17th century um so that's like when the uh dutch east india company was trading um and uh it thinks uh from my research the oldest version of the legend might be sort of yeah around that time so the 17th century like people have started to to have this story about the flying dutchman or sightings have been made. sightings yeah well i mean someone's seen it said they've seen it and then there's a story so okay. like you know um <laughs> i do yeah. 
so there's various legends surrounding it. So obviously it can never make port. It's doomed him to sail the, the seven seas forever. Um, but also if it's hailed by another ship, apparently the crew of the Flying Dutchman try to send messages uh, to land or to people long dead. Um, and That's hailed. Yeah. So like if if someone tries to signal the ship, if someone's like, oh, okay. hey guys, how you what doing? You... Yeah. Then they'll send messages. They're like, from... help, <laughs> I haven't been <laughs> home in 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Like, can you... Is my wife we... still alive? <laughs> can we just like you know let us on and we can land maybe like no fuck off uh, you're <laughs> you're on this phantom ship forever we don't want you fuck off so various people have written about the flying dutchman there was uh printed in 1790 by john mcdonald um in travels in various parts of europe asia and africa during a series of 30 years and upwards that's the title um (laughs) uh john mcdonald wrote the weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the flying dutchman the common story is that this dutchman came to the cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into harbour but could not get a pilot to conduct her and was lost and that ever since in very bad weather her vision appears mm. um Ooky. there's another reference in uh, a voyage to botany bay in 1795 uh by george barrington I had often heard of the superstition of sailors respecting apparitions and doom, but had never given much credit to the report. It seems that some years since a Dutch man of war was lost off the Cape of Good Hope and every soul on board perished. Her consort weathered the gale and arrived soon after at the Cape. Having refitted and returning to Europe, they were assailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night watch, some of the people saw, or imagined they saw, a vessel (laughs) standing for them under a press of sail, as though she would run them down. I really enjoy that that, even that story says, Mm -hmm. they think they might have seen something. Yeah, they they said they saw that, so, you know, that's fine. They they can say that they saw that. (laughs) That's valid. Um, and then I think it was around the 1800s that the idea came about that these sailors were doomed to sail forever because of punishment. So previously it's like, oh, they had a tragic death in stormy weather. But now it's like, oh, they've done some terrible crime and now they are doomed forever um, to sail and also they start becoming like a portent of doom. So ah. like, like basically you, sorry? What's a portent? So like. Um, a, a warning. Yeah, an omen. Like sign. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Um, and, the, and sightings of the Flying Dutchman would kind of be accompanied by storms, oh which would make sense because that's bad. <laughs> in a storm in a ship Storm's in the ocean. Bad. yeah cool so Got yeah it. makes sense Mimi doesn't know much about boats so that's or, yeah probably necessary to explain yeah. it's I'm really bad, bad weather I'm glad that you asked the question about signaling I can't even remember the word hailing, hailing. I guess yeah. it's like it's kind of like hailing a taxi right you're yeah. like hey yeah yeah exactly here. exactly um, and also, yeah. Uh, and also, in, yeah. In period, well, in fantasy and period things, they'll often say hail and well Oh, met. sick. Yeah. So, um, the last sighting of the Flying Dutchman was in the 20th century by King George V. Um, So he was on a three-year voyage in his late adolescence uh, with his elder brother, Prince Albert, uh, Victor of Wales. And um, they were on the HMS Inconstant. (laughs) Incontinent. 
Yeah, well, I mean, just like, yeah, she's not constant. We can't rely on her. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a lucky name for a ship. No. Um, and to be fair, she was damaged. So the, <laughs> the rudder was being repaired. And, uh, and the prince wrote a log. And it wasn't clear whether it was um, the future King George or whether it was Prince Albert. Um, but they they wrote in their record that in the uh, so this was in the pre-dawn hours of the 11th of July in 1881 off the coast of Australia. And they wrote the flying Dutchman crossed our bows, a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow in the midst of which light the masts, spars and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow, where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as did the quarterdeck midshipman. So basically, it sounds like the officers were like, yes, no, future king and prince of England. We absolutely agree with you <laughs> that the Flying Dutchman was there. <laughs> that seems like a sensible move on their part. Yes, it does. Yes. Uh, so basically, the the solution to this mystery is that it is actually a doomed ship uh, floating. Oh. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was so ready to believe. Oh, uh, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it turns out that what it is, is um, basically a type of mirage. Mm. So, um, you know, like you can see mirages out in the desert. You can also see mirages out at sea. And it's called a Feta Morgana. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, um, it's just the, the way the light is perceived. So it's passing through spaces with different densities. So that makes sense, particularly if there's a storm. Mm, because that's going to say. Yeah, it's creating those sort of atmospheric um, differences in the density in air. So at the ocean surface, the water keeps the air uh, cool. And then above that layer is a layer of warmer air. And then when the light passes through them, it refracts or it bends. And the human eye assumes the light it can see travels in a straight line. So from a distance, um, that refraction can make the object look like it's floating above the water's surface. So probably what everyone was seeing uh. was an act ship in the distance but it looked like it was floating in the air and you only saw this floating ship before storms and weather because that's the condition ah. needed ah. that's really cool yeah I like I that. that it is really cool and what's really interesting is there's a recording of this effect from 2015 from China oh god am I going to be able to say them uh it's difficult to know whether this uh, video is a hoax, but I will put the link in the description. But it was over um, Foshan and uh, Jiangxi, and it looked like there was a city floating in the sky above these cities. Wow. And it does look about right. It does look like storm clouds. It does look like some of the buildings below. So it could be, but it could also just be adopted video so do have a look at that it looks kind of cool but that's it that's the end um the flying dutchman was really feta morgana that's cool loved it absolutely I loved it. like a mystery that can be solved by science yes yeah. I, I especially like a mystery that's like hundreds of years old that people like think is that has all these legends and tales behind it and then you get to modern day and you're like nah it's just it's just air mate it's just there, mate. It's just there. It's still pretty cool, though. For sure. Um, okay, shall I crack on? Yes. They do. Crack on. Okay, so my mystery is about a man called Greg Flenniken. Yep. So he um, was a working man, and he travelled a lot for work. 
and he often spent all the weekdays away in a hotel and then went home at weekends. In 2010, on 15th September, he was at the Elegante Hotel in Texas, which I imagine is not that Elegante. (laughs) So he'd um, sort of done his standard evening routine. So he spoke with his wife by email and was just yeah having his usual routine after work. So he was watching TV, smoking and eating some candy bars because apparently he loved candy. Good for him. Um, he, so his wife, Susie, for a bit of context, they'd been married and divorced and then they remarried. So at this point they'd been together for 10 years. And that evening, his snacks of choice were a Reese's Crispy Crunchy Bar, a root yep. beer, and he was watching Iron Man 2. Nice. He'd also fun. tried to make some popcorn, but the microwave in his room tri- tripped the breaker. Um, so he called the front desk who sent someone up to fix it. I love that he failed to make microwave popcorn. <sighs> well, I don't think that was his fault. Well, it sounds sounds like he wasn't trying hard enough. Well, he's dead. Oh, um, <laughs> oh there we go. So that was on the 15th. On the 16th, his wife called his office as she hadn't heard from them that morning. So usually part of their routine when he was away, they spoke on the phone every morning. Um, the office hadn't heard from him either, so they sent some colleagues to go check on him in his hotel. He didn't answer the door to his room, so they got the manager to unlock the door, and his body was laying on the floor with his cigarette still in hand. Oh, like smoking? Like still warm, or just? Just in his hand. Oh, okay. Not Making quite it. as, um, some, what is that, noir? <laughs> Film noir? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was just trying to make your story more interesting. well here you go (laughs) externally there was little to no evidence of his cause of death there was a small wound on his scrotum and rug burn on his cheek but that was pretty much it on his cheek which cheek his face cheek okay and upon examination the medical examiner found that his internal organs were a mess there were tears in his liver, stomach, intestines and heart, and he had two broken ribs. Oh, wow. So the examiner concluded he must have been beaten to death or crushed by a heavy object. And the cut on his scrotum probably came from a kick, possibly with a steel toe boot. Oh. It was determined that he'd bled to death internally in less than a minute. And his oh, manner wow. of death was deemed a homicide. Wow. So... Immediately, this is like pretty weird. He's got no external bruising. What? And loads of internal bruising. Um, so detectives were like, what the fuck? Yeah. They were super suspicious. So um, there's some more weird facts here. So they interviewed the neighboring rooms who said they hadn't heard a thing. Um, his room was incredibly warm, but he he liked to sleep in a cool room, so he usually turned the air conditioner way down. No one seemed to have a motive. He didn't have any obvious enemies. So his job, he co-owned an oil business with his brother, but didn't seem to have any problems there. He had a solid marriage. They had been divorced before, but they were being married 10 years, getting on fine. And he stayed in that hotel often, but he didn't really come out of his room when he was there. And yeah, he didn't have any bruises on his body. So what ha- he probably How? couldn't have been beaten to death. Yeah. There also weren't any heavy objects in the room, like heavy enough to crush someone. Um, so if he'd been crushed somewhere else and brought back to the hotel, then he would have been on surveillance, which he wasn't. There was a camera in the hallway outside of the room. And yeah, why would someone bring him back to the room, put him on the floor and then place a cigarette in his hand? Yeah, I'm really excited that this is solved and you're going to tell me exactly what happened. I think when I say solved mysteries, I just like solved weird crimes. Yeah, but because of science. Because science. Um, So the two theories that detectives could come up with after like racking their brains were... The hotel maintenance man who came up to fix the breaker 
so he turned out to be a sex offender. Oh. And they theoried that the puncture room to the scrotum and internal injuries might have been caused by a long screwdriver. (gasps) Mm. Oh, no. I don't like that. And then the second theory involved the people in the neighbouring rooms who were, so there was a bunch of electricians also travelling for work. um, And at night they tended to go to one room to drink together so this theory was if some of them had been partying next door when their electricity went out because of his microwave maybe they knocked on his door maybe they were drunk and annoyed maybe there was a fight and they assaulted him and then maybe he went back into his room and collapsed Mm -hmm. so no external bruising no and the the detective assigned to the case spent a lot of time looking into these theories. Um, so he talked to the maintenance man and looked into his background, but it never really advanced beyond suspicion. Um, and the electricians had been questioned on the day the body was found, but none of them had said they had any interaction with the man. I mean, and that sounds like something a murderer would say. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I you can't. Know. Yeah, I I don't. I didn't see him, so no, I didn't do it. Um, but also there was nothing on the CCTV, so kind of dead ends there. So the case went cold. Months went by, no new leads, no new information. So there wasn't much they could do. It was just a cold case. And because his wife was so frustrated by this, she hired a private investigator. Nice. So he started investigating, figuring things out, started putting some things together and started asking some interesting questions. So he asked her if Greg was left or right handed. And he mm-hmm. asked which hand he held his cigarette in when he was smoking. She said it was the right hand. And he asked if she was sure. And she said positive. How so, could she be positive about that? I mean, I think you'd know it's a habit isn't it so people don't really change which hand they smoke with I don't know I kind of feel like like you smoke with it whichever hand is free maybe if you're doing something but like even now I smoked when I was a teenager I haven't smoked for 20 10 years 20 years 20 years since I was 10 (laughs) (laughs) but even now I know which hand I'd smoke with and to imagine doing it with the other hand feels very weird okay I think I must be ambi smokestress (laughs) so yeah so he was asking this because if greg was right-handed why was the cigarette found in his left hand so the Mm. investigator concluded that he'd gotten up from the bed headed towards the door and put the cigarette in his left hand so that (gasps) he grabbed the door handle before he collapsed there you go so he was maybe trying to leave the room so the P.I. had already been informed how cold he liked his room while he slept, and this helped fix the time of death. The investigator concluded that the air conditioner had shut down with everything else when the circuit breaker blew, and the hotel records showed when the repairman went up. So he left Greg around 8.30 p.m., and they they figured out that Greg forgot to flip the AC back on, Ah. which is why the room was warm. So it would have only taken a few minutes between the time that the breaker was flipped back on for the room to warm up. And so in between that time, that was when he died because it hadn't warmed up enough for him to go, oh, I'll switch the AC on. I see. Okay. Um, so the PI searched the hotel room again um, with the police and he noticed an indentation in the wall that just looks like typical hotel room wear and tear it was right next to where the handle of the door would hit the wall but he had a closer look and when he swung the door open the doorknob and the dent didn't quite match it was just slightly to the right of where the doorknob would be so Mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing that you just like glance past and you're like yeah wear and tear but actually something else is going on here so he wondered if there was a matching one in the electrician's room. And All there right. was. <gasps> a small, neat hole in the wall that had been patched with a tiny bit of faint, faint, faint <laughs> this is hard to say, faintly pink filler that turned out to be dried toothpaste. 
Ew. So there was a hole in the wall and someone had tried to cover it up. Why are you both disgusted by dried toothpaste? Because it's hard to get out of things. I mean, Rhea's literally got a toothpaste stain on the dressing gown she's wearing right now. So. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we dress up for these recordings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the holes lined up. And what they concluded was a bullet had gone through the wall. <gasps> there was a small, neat hole in 349, which was the electrician's room that was the entry. And the larger hole in 348 was where it exited. And they shot, put a laser through it. And it showed that the bullet would have struck the bed where Greg was lying. No. OK. So which, sorry, the bullet came from where? Who had came the gun? from the electrician's room. <laughs> Oh, okay. So it was from the neighbouring room with the electricians in who were who met up and had drinks together often and it went through the wall and hit him while he was laying in bed. Okay. I got you. What? <laughs> I feel like I explained that very badly if you didn't. No, no, no. It was I'm very dumb and I was still thinking about toothpaste. So unfortunately the body had already been cremated because this was months later. Um so they oh. couldn't examine re-examine him um, but they did scour the autopsy report and shared their hypothesis with the medical examiner who after a bit of oh no I'm gonna get in trouble for this eventually <laughs> agreed with them oh so what they concluded was he'd been shot in the scrotum and the bullet had bounced around inside his body which caused all the internal damage and none of no external bruising and the examiner hadn't noticed the uh, entry wound of the bullet because it was in the scrotum which the skin of which is soft and pliable and it had kind of folded over the entry wound making it less obvious that oh. that's what it was so he just thought it was like a little cut so you hate it when scrotums do that <laughs> yeah it really bothers me <laughs> so they've got all this evidence they call him back the electricians and they're like, what's going on, guys? And eventually, um, I think they did a bit of like trickery, like we know what's happened. We know what you did. And right. One of them confessed. The stuff you're not supposed to do and you know, coercion, which is not legal in this country. It is legal in the States, though, isn't it? Not yeah. coercion. Oh, absolutely <laughs> legal in the States. Yeah. To the be like, oh, we know, we know, Whatever we have all this evidence. But well, you can't, you can't say that here. Yeah. I think they did a bit of that. Um, so eventually they confessed and they told them exactly what happened the night Greg died. So the electricians, there were three of them in the room, Tim, Lance and Trent, and they'd all been drinking together. Um, Trent went out to Lance's car to grab a, another bottle of whiskey. And while he was doing that, Lance asked him to grab his gun while he was there. <laughs> Obviously. I hate America. Yeah. <laughs> Two Sweet. perfect responses to that. Yeah. <laughs> And when he returned with the gun, Lance took it from him and joking around, you know, pointed it at Tim and at Trent. <sighs> they were pretty pissed off, like, yeah, don't point a fucking gun at me. And accidentally the gun discharged, narrowing, narrowingly, <laughs> narrowing, no, narrowly. <laughs> I'm literally staring at the word. Narrowly. Narrowly missing Trent. And it hit the wall. They all freaked out, panicked. He took the gun back to his car. Trent fucking booked it as fast as he could. And Lance, yeah, took the gun out to his car, went back to the room. And him and Tim went down to the hotel bar to just be like, was a nurse. We weren't there. Ha, ha, we're in the bar. And they just basically pretended it didn't happen. Um, but wow. the next thing, Tim saw Greg being wheeled away on a gurney. And he knew Lance had killed him. And he admitted that none of the men had checked to see if anyone was in the next door room or if they were OK. Yeah, if they were hurt. Mm hmm. So. The. Shit stains. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was coerced out of them um, and Lance was arrested. And he pled no contest to manslaughter. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. 
and the judge told him that he was being sentenced for his actions after the gun went off, Mm -hmm. that chances were, if he had checked on Greg and summoned help, he would never have served a day in jail. Oh, do the right thing, kids. Yeah, no, I think absolutely he should be in trouble for taking his gun into a fucking motel or hotel and well it's texas so waving it probably the... allowed to do all that stupid shit what they shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to do all that shit yeah well that's a bigger debate for a different podcast oh, i agree stop. guns are stupid stop, stop. guns <laughs> yeah and also don't play with them don't point them at people yeah what isn't that the first rule of gun safety is don't point yeah. at anything you don't intend to shoot exactly poor muzzle control and yeah that's what happened to poor Greg Flanagan um he didn't deserve it no it happened it, it was an accident but the people involved were ticks yeah so yeah th- I completely agree with everything you just said I wasn't about to defend anyone the the PI that worked all that shit out that is fucking sherlock holmes levels that's I awesome pis get paid more than um <laughs> detectives yeah. yeah i think they yeah. might have more time and less caseload i would say yeah, yeah. i think i think one that's case exactly at a time right. yeah one case at a time will do it um yeah. i do have a quote from his wife that she said to lance at the trial um so i'm just gonna say it quickly and finish on that mm-hmm So Susie Flanagan at the trial said, I've waited over two years to look you in the face, eye to eye, and simply have the chance to speak directly to you. You would never have come forward with the truth. You murdered him. No, you didn't intentionally seek out to murder him, but you murdered him with every lie you told, with every intentional selfish deception, with every cover up over and over again. You saw his body taken out of the room in a body bag the next day. You knew you killed him. You have met your match. I would have spent the rest of my life tracking you down and I found you, Greg's murderer. I brought you to justice. Yes, Susie. No. I like Susie. I mean, it Susie. was the PI, but okay. Yeah. Whoa, I knew you were going to say that, you asshole. Mic drop from Susie. Fuck you, Rhea. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't do anything. She paid <laughs> someone else. Yep, yeah, but she refused to give up on tracking down the people who murdered her husband. No, okay, yes, that that is that is. You're true. like, mm, I'll give her that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> poor woman. <laughs> oh wow, I loved that story. Not only because I've never heard that one before, um, which is Proud. nice for me, who I spend all of my time on the internet, but also the fact that it, like it had a logical explanation, and so often with unsolved mysteries you're obviously like well never gonna know why that scrotum injury exists are you see i hate unsolved mysteries i need to know yeah i need to know what happened and why and how and when and where and science i need to know the science science. i'm like science can solve all of this i need to know the answer Yeah. yeah no it was good i enjoyed that very much oh it's all good I so. like solve mysteries. I'm putting that back in the bag. Oh, good. So <laughs> no, I um, I did have another one that I was going to do, so I'll save it for then. Do solved crimes, solved mysterious crimes. That's yeah, what I actually want. Yeah, yeah, do that. Um, so how is everyone's craft going? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh, uh it's I'm so... quite confused. Is that a sh- that's a floating ship on some water, isn't it? Uh, it's supposed to be a floating city, but f- I'll take it. <laughs> it looks like the Titanic. Remember, guys, crafts are only stressful if you care about the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could look good if you shine a light through it so you could see it better. Yeah, I feel like that could look some good kind of change it. shadow art. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Oh. I'll take a picture of it, right. but it's it's not great. I like it. It's avant-garde. Well, if it say. makes you feel any better, mine wasn't even on topic until actually your story, I've just realised. Um, but I just decided I wanted to do the sea, so I started doing the sea. 
Nice. <laughs> Literally nothing to do with my story, only uh, accidentally to do with your story. It looks like a bunch of Loch Ness monsters heads just true. popping out. It looks cute. Um, I did a bird's nest, a green one. Oh, <laughs> oh that's quite, yeah, it's quite cute. Um, I might put some birds in it, I haven't decided. Um, but yeah, I thought green on a Raymond, everybody call me Ray. Um, <laughs> and birds, the, the bird's nest that he never got to look in. Oh, yeah. And never will because he's dead. Oh. Anyway, maybe he did get to look in it. Maybe he did before he before crashed he to yeah, oh. losing his whole face. Oh. So, as always, we'll pop those absolute works of art on the socials for you. They're um, just getting better and better. They really you would not know we've been doing this for a year. I will challenge the listeners to guess <laughs> which one is which. They're that good this week. Um, I mean, we've just told them. Yeah, but without putting names on them, you numpty. It's fine. What's in the bag? <laughs> oh, I have an idea for craft next week. Okay. I don't know how we make it relevant, but I want to make sock puppets. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Okay, and we're doing Take to the Skies. Ooh. Okay. okay. Cool. Sweet. I already have an idea about what I'm going to do with my sock puppets. It's exciting. Ooh. So if you guys listening think that you can provide a better suggestion than taking to the skies with sock puppets, we're always happy they, to hear it. They I, can't. I don't think that you can. So that's a challenge for you. If you do, just uh, pop us an email at weirdinghour at gmail.com. Or more likely, because you're like one of the five people that listen to this who are also our friends, just let us know next time you see us what you'd like us to do. Yeah. If you did want to hear more about the stories that we told you about today, the sources, as always, are in the show notes. Um, And you can plunge yourself into a nice little weirding hour rabbit hole for several hours of your life that you'll never get back. Before we leave you, please remember to like, save, subscribe and share. And if you don't, the green man will get you. Yeah. Oh, but he's actually really nice so, so yeah actually so let him get you yeah let probably him just you. have a nice little chat yeah have a nice chat with the green man but also remember to share the podcast that fully sounds like a euphemism for please <laughs> also eat your greens and also eat your greens <laughs> <laughs> okie dokie goodbye random noun generators okay love you bye Oh, uh, Happy New Year, too. Uh, uh. (laughs) Spread the wind.